I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day two, fall camp 2019 on the shores of Lake Washington. Temperature in the low 80s, just absolutely gorgeous day. Blue Angels buzzed a little bit but did not scatter the Eagles today. But, uh, you know, just a little bit more of an offensive day today. I thought the offense really looked good. Defense kind of came back at the end, but definitely a big day for the offense, Scott Eklund. Yeah, one thing about the Blue Angels, uh, Junior Adams didn't know that the Blue Angels flew over practice. So he goes, I'm like, uh, what is that? <laughs> he had no idea what it was until someone told him. So, and By the way, Pete actually stopped when they were in the middle of the drills and got his phone out and put it up in the air and was filming him. That was Coach Pete who did that. Exactly. So, um, yeah, as far as what Kim was saying about uh, spring practice, or spring practice, fall, the, the, the practice during the day, um, yeah, the offense, I would say, all the way up until maybe the last 15 minutes of practice, definitely won the day. I, I, I would say the offense did win the day, but the defense did make a bit of a comeback. No turnovers today. No turnovers. The only one that should have been that didn't happen was um, Kyler Gordon jumped a route on a tight end underneath. Uh, he came off of his man and came underneath. Quarterback threw it, and it went right through his hands. He got uh, a little bit of, uh, I don't want to call it ribbing, but the – but Lake and Harris both were letting him know those plays need to be made when, when we have that chance. Is that thrown by Dylan Morris? I don't know who threw it. I'm going to guess it was probably Dylan Morris because I think it was a backup tight end, like like a um, Devin Culp or maybe like a Jack Westover. Um, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So. You mentioned Jack Westover. He's been a bright spot. Yeah. And he was – I mean – he he looks like he belongs. He needs looks like he needs to gain a little bit of weight, but he seems to be making plays out there. Yeah, yeah. He he's a guy who came out of Mount Si High School. Um, we had kind of found out that Washington was really after him, even though they weren't going to take any more tight ends. They were after him as a walk on, and um, and you know he just a lot of people didn't know about him. A lot of teams didn't know about him because he was hurt most of his high school career. And he was a basketball guy for the first three years that he was in high school. So uh, when he gets to Washington, not a lot of people know about him, but this kid can really play as long as he can stay healthy, he can play. And I think that's one of the reasons why last year um, when they were trying to bring in, in the 2019 class, a tight end, they had Kyle Patterson on the hook and they ended up letting him go. They told him they didn't they weren't going to take a tight end at the very end. He was ready to commit to them. They told him no because they let him go to um, Air Force because I think they really like what Jack Westover brings and they think he can be a pretty good player. When we talk about the tight ends and it's funny cuz sometimes you have these moments where players do something and then you go, "Okay, I get it. And today was my day where I saw Devin Culp catch a ball over the middle and accelerate like a runaway beer truck downhill, like get the hell out of the way. He's a monster out there. He is. He is. Um, you know, I, I still think if he could lose like 10 more pounds, I think he'd be a much more fluid athlete than he is. I think he's still carrying a little too much weight. But that being said, he's looked really natural running the ball or, you know, running routes and, and looks like he's not fighting the ball as much as a receiver. I've been impressed with his progress. Yeah, no, I mean, I would say that, uh, you know, with Culp, it's interesting because he was a big athlete at Gonzaga Prep. And so he's actually he, a running back. He, yeah, he ran the ball quite a bit. Uh, caught the ball out of the backfield and ran the ball quite a bit, you know, yards after the catch. So I would say that um, the idea that he knows what to do with the ball once he's got it in his hands 
he, he's good at that. There's no problem with there. And like you said, it's got the footwork, the acceleration, all that stuff's there. I think he's just fighting that happy medium towards getting big enough so he can handle the blocking and the rigors of the Pac-12, but yet, you know, small enough that he can keep his acceleration, keep his quickness, keep all of those things. Everybody's going to ask about the quarterbacks. That's what everybody wants to know. It's safe to say that uh, Hayner and Eason got the most reps, but it's not like uh, Dylan Morris and uh, Jackson, uh, Jacob. Jacob Sermon were that far behind because they actually got quite a few reps today as well. They did, and um, you know we talked about it. It, it. The quarterbacks all seem to have a sense of urgency getting the ball out very quickly. Um, I thought that um, Jake Hayner probably had the best day of all the quarterbacks, but Eason was right there with him as well. And Morris wasn't head and shoulders above the, the other quarterbacks like he was yesterday. I thought he was the best quarterback yesterday. But uh, today he, he maybe took a little bit of a step back. Still pretty good day. And Jacob Sermon, iffy. He was kind of on yeah, on and off, had, had, had good plays, had bad plays. So... Just one of those kind of days. One of the things I was going to say was that um, it was interesting talking to Bush Hamden after practice because he said the biggest jump that he feels like what's taking place right now is that he's seeing just better execution, and it's because they really started simplifying things in spring, and that's allowed them to kind of take a jump in their progress. Because I think one of the things, Scott, you and I talked about was just it's been a long time in fall camp where we've seen a two, two, the first two days that have been as productive for, for, a, for an offense as it has the last two days here. Because typically, not just the defense is well ahead, but it's taken some time for the offense to gel. Even back in 16 and whatnot, when those guys, you know, you had some experienced guys on offense, and you had, obviously, we know how potent that offense was back in 16. I don't think they were as productive offensively as we've seen these last two days. Well, it's interesting, Scott, that you talked about you know the urgency and getting the ball out because what I tended to see a lot more so with uh, Eason was hanging in the pocket and scanning the field and looking, you know, check down one, two, three, four, maybe go back to one, two. I mean, he was taking a long time to get rid of the ball, but a lot of the time today it just seemed like first read, open, go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seemed like there was – Maybe it was part of the practice plan, get the ball out, get it out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's wrong. I, I think the coaches want these guys to realize that the longer you hang in, the tougher it makes it on the offensive linemen. So you do need to hang in. You can't just abort, play, you know, be, you know, get out of the pocket and, and lose your progressions and everything like that. But they also want them to make those progressions really quick. They want them to read the defense before snap, and they want them to do all these things so that they make it easier on the on the offensive line. I, I saw a stat today. In the, so, granted, this is NFL. I get it. But I was watching the NFL Network. They were doing stuff with training camps. And the San Francisco 49ers um, allowed um, 2.79 seconds for teams to throw the ball, Right. That was seventh lowest in the NFL. Most quarterbacks are making their decisions, you know, within, they're making a throw within the first second to second and a half. That's where, that's where the quarterbacks need to be. And I'm sure in college football, it's not far from that. So 
you know, these quarterbacks need to be, you need to be on it. You need to be on your pre-snap reads. You need to be on your post-snap reads and make your, make those throws where you need to go. Well, a couple things. I, I, again, watching some of the games from Easton's freshman year at Georgia, you can tell the short yardage game is kind of his office. I mean, one step drops, you know, quick three step drops, boom, 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 outs, things to the flats, to the tight ends. These are things that he was really sharp on. And obviously, because he has a quick release and he has a strong arm, that ball gets out there in a hurry. So that's something that, that they're obviously focused on. But then I also asked Bush Hamden today, yes, it, it's clear they're trying to get more aggressive and they're trying to get a little bit more downfield. But he said, yeah, what, what, are, the, you know, what are the percentages that we're going to throw 40-yard passes all the time? Not very often. So they're still focused on that short game where they can move the chains and do that kind of thing. And I think that's something that really kind of plays right into right into Easton's hands. Not seeing any wide receivers really jumping out. You know, there's a couple of splash plays that we can talk about a little bit later. But, you know, if you're looking for that, you know, guy that looks like the go-to guy, I'm sure not seeing it right now. Um, I think it's still probably Aaron Fuller at this point. Um, he no, did have real confident. He in did that. have a drop. Well, I've always been a big believer that Aaron Fuller's best role is as a third receiver, not the number one receiver. But since he's your best receiver at this point, that's who you're going to go with. Um, I think, I think he's kind of their go-to guy. But last year he was their go-to guy, right? Wouldn't we say? And there was games where he didn't have a catch, or he had one catch, and that was it. Um, against Washington State, against Oregon, some of their big games. He wasn't able to really get free. And then against Ohio State, he got free in the second half. Of the first half, they completely shut him down. So, um, you know, I, I think they're really excited about what Puka Nakua does, uh, is doing. I think they're excited about, um, you know, Austin Osborne. I still haven't seen Marquis uh, Spiker live up to the potential that I thought a lot of us thought he was going to have, an impact <clears throat> that a lot of us thought he was going to have. But... Um, so we still need to see him kind of break out, but, uh, Trey Lowe looks good. I think Chico McClatcher looks good. Chico McClatcher. Whew. When that guy gets the ball in his hands, he is special. And, um, I'm looking for them to figure out ways to get the ball in his hands, whether it's on reverses, end arounds, whether it's just short passes, like hitch passes and let him run or trying to get him down the field. He looks more like a more, a more natural receiver than he had before, uh, this year. I'm sure we'll see a lot of Chico on the fly sweeps, but uh, another guy that seems to be 100% making a few plays out there. I don't know if he's a guy that they're going to depend on or not, but, you know, he's an upperclassman in Quentin Pounds. We had a chance to talk to Quentin today. Yeah. No, I talked to Quentin, and, um, you know, he's, he looks happy. I mean, he's happy to be back for sure. So he talked a little bit about that, just talked a little bit about the, the leadership he's bringing to the group, some of the things that he's talking about with some of the younger guys and getting them ready. Um, Buka Nakua made another catch with his knees, which was interesting. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that's his forte or if that's his signature move, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, I was going to say, too, um, it's good to be reminded about Chico McClatcher because we take it for granted sometimes of how good Chico is, but we haven't seen him for a little while. But when he, you know, first two days, he's, he's been as good a receiver as any of, the, any of those guys out there. Different receiver. They get him the ball in different ways. He's not real big, but I um, also wanted to mention him. I talking to uh, Quentin Pounds. He, he kind of laughed when I asked him about it. He's got the color in his hair going and just kind of his mannerism and attitude a little bit. He's got a little Dante Pettis in him, personality-wise. Did you sense that from Quentin a little bit today? Well, I think some of the things that 
that Peterson looks for when they're recruiting and whatnot is that they do have kind of their own way about them and that they are comfortable kind of pursuing their own things and they're self-starters. And, and I think those types of things are all, they they all kind of fill into that, I think. Yeah. Um, freshman, any of those guys jump out at you today? I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Puka Nakua to me. He's the one that's really jumped out. Yeah. He had a drop today, um, and an easy drop. It wasn't something that shouldn't have, he should have easily caught that. Um, you know, I didn't see anything really from Cam Davis. I haven't even really noticed him out there very much. Um, one thing Chris and I noticed, uh, Cameron, Fabi Kulanen, and Asa Turner were, pay- were playing safety together with the third with the third team. So that was something worth, eh, kind of, okay. Um, uh, Tupatala, Alfonso Tupatala, and Ricky, Ricky, jeez. Daniel Haymuli, <laughs> Ricky Haymuli, Daniel Haymuli, uh, were playing middle linebacker together. Um, and uh, Tupatala actually had a nice play today in, in, in coverage. Um, just trying to think, Trent McDuffie actually got beat on a long play that's going to be the uh, play of the day here he was right in a there. little bit. You know, he, he was. It was a great catch by Aaron Fuller, and we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. But, um, you know, I'm just trying to think, just go over in my head. None of the linemen really stood out what they did because it was mostly first and second team today. It wasn't a lot of third team. Um, well, and they wouldn't because it's underwear. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, so what are you going to do? You know, they can't plant some guy, you know, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, none of the freshmen really stood out to me a ton. Uh, I just noticed a few things more than anything. I was going to say, um, in terms of Tupatala, you know, he's a guy that I raved about after seeing him in the Polynesian Bowl. I'm not even sure he's the same guy. I mean, no. 25 pounds lighter, he literally looks like half the guy. But when he's paired up with a guy like Daniel Haymuli, you got to be intrigued with the possibilities because Haymuli, in that scenario, would probably be the will mm-hmm. because he's a little smaller, but he's got the instincts. More agile. He, he can clean up. You know, he can do a lot of those different things. So, uh, very intrigued with that pairing. Bob Gregory seems to be leaning on certain pairings right now. You've got Brandon Wellington with Kyler Manu. You've got uh, you know Josh Calvert work, working with uh, Edifuan Ulafosio. You've got um, God. Who are the other pairings? You got uh, J- Jackson Sermon with MJ Tafisi. So there's some natural pairings that are really starting to to emerge from there. Again, it's hard to tell really what's going on on the offense and defensive line, especially when there's no contact, and it's just difficult. But I talked a little bit about Devin Culp having that moment where you just go, wow, he flashed. And another guy who flashed for me today, I knew he could move, but I didn't know he could move that big. Henry Bainavalu is a big dude. Man, he can move. He's going to, they're going to have a tough time keeping him off the field. He's going to play a lot this year. He'll play a lot. He'll probably be, I would think, the first tackle uh, off the bench because Henry Roberts right now, I would think, would get probably a lot of shouts at, uh, at center. And so, you know, you're looking at him. Obviously, Mateo Mele is getting looks at tackle and center. But, yeah, Henry is, is a guy that we've obviously known at Skyline High School, was, a, was an imposing guy from the start, a great athlete for his size. And I think, obviously, getting bigger, fast, faster, stronger over the years. Um, certainly not a guy that surprises me anymore. I think he's starting to really, like I said, find his ideal weight and size so that he can retain that quickness, but yet have the size and the bulk to be able to move some guys around. 6'5"-ish? Yeah, about yeah. six five, three, little over three, like three oh five, three ten, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or did he grow? Yeah, it's no, like three twenty. He he added a little bit of weight. Six five ish, add three inches of hair, and he's six eight. But he's definitely got the three inches of hair going. Yeah. 
But, uh, now Henry Bainavalo is definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Any other linemen flash for either one of you guys? Not, not today. Um, I think we'll start to see more um, when they throw the pads on, maybe even just the shoulder pads. You know, we'll see them maybe hit a little bit more. What will be interesting is to see how, because the guys are still doing a little contact um, in, in just shirts and everything like that. But it'll be interesting to see how much more aggressive they are and how the, that padding on their helmets. And hopefully people have seen the pictures that we that Kim put up yesterday. And I had a picture of uh, Fatui Tuatelli on the front page as well. You can see that padding that they're wearing just to absorb and, and take away some of – it's called the guardian cap, right? And, and how that absorbs and, and cuts down on some of the severity of the hits that they're taking. Yeah, and I was going to say too, for, for my – just the way I work the first few days of camp when they're in their underwear, when they're not in pads, especially for the linemen, I'm just so much more focused on where they're lined up and like what the combinations are. I'm not really too worried about what they look like. Other than you want to make sure that they're looking good. I mean, it's not sloppy way, that kind of stuff. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Kind of Groundhog's Day today. Uh, practice wasn't really very much different than it was tomorrow. I mentioned to you, Scott, and there's no no recruits here. And why is that, Scott? Because it's a dead period. Uh, for the second year, um, they are, they're having a dead period that started on August 1st, and it'll go through – um, it'll, this year it'll go through um, August 29th because um, they can. It, you can't have a, a official visitors on campus. So um, if you want, and you can have visitors in general on campus, unofficial visitors on campus. So they take it. It's forty. They allow forty eight hours before the first home game for um, for a. Uh, I guess they call it a quiet period or whatever. So um, that's kind of where we're standing right now. So if anybody asks recruits at practice, there are none. Yeah. So uh, what I, I actually didn't want to really mention that. I just wanted to freak people out when we said, yeah, no, no recruits are showing up, man. It's weird. <laughs> Anything else we need to cover guys? Uh, well, we need to talk about the play of the day. Yeah, just a reminder. We'll do the play of the day today. And, uh, just make a post on play of the day and uh, what it was in the body, and we will get you out a betting slip that will give you 30 to 1 odds for Washington to win the national championship. We'll mail that out. So if they win it, it's a $20 ticket. It's a $600 potential ticket. So um, the play of the day was Aaron Fuller uh, laying out for a pass from um, – it, it was Jake Hainer. Uh, from Jake Hainer to uh, Aaron Fuller beating – uh, Trent McDuffie uh, down the sideline for a 40-yard diving um, catch. So in the thing, they should put Aaron Fuller diving, diving catch. catch 40 yards. Yep, that'll do it. Also, when he got up, I don't think I, didn't, well. I don't think he feel, felt very good. I think he kind of caught it and landed his stomach on the football. So I don't know if breakfast came up mm-hmm. or not, but he wasn't 
looking too good yeah, after he got that out. That doesn't feel good. No. Well, he sold he sold out for that, which was an impressive deal. Mm-hmm. And it was great because he had to come back and make that catch because he had dropped a surefire touchdown Easy. Easy from Eason earlier in that period. Um, I'll tell you what, one of the things, I don't know if we can do a closing thought yet, but one of the things that was really impressive for me today was how well the quarterbacks played with the wind. Um, the wind was swirling around. I think it was gusting anywhere from 15 to 20 miles an hour. Um, the kicking competition at the end was a little interesting between Peyton Henry and, and Tim Horn. For those who can't, he, he, Scott's just cracking up. He's just cracking up about <laughs> the kicking. Seriously, we're, we're going to have to have suicide counselors on standby for dogman boasters. <laughs> well, but to be fair, I think we, we, we should paint the picture that if the, if the, if the fans were watching – the kicking competition today, and they were watching what the wind was doing oh, and how the balls were affected. Tough. Yeah, yeah, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't poo poo it. it. It's tough as hell to kick in those type of in those type of conditions. Yeah, well, Peyton Henry missed two. One was really badly missed, and I think it was a bad snap, so well, they let him take it again. Yeah, one of the things that's tough is that they kind of surround the battery. The players do so. The, there's players between us and what we see on the field, and so it's really difficult sometimes to see how the snap is, how the mm-hmm. hold is. So and, all we can do is tell you the results. Right. We can't really tell and, you. And he had one that was wide right that was – 20 was, yards wide right. Yeah, it was a it was like a dead pull hook. Yeah. Worse, I mean, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, and they let him kick again. So and, I, I, ha- I have a feeling because yeah. typically they won't do that if everything else was right. Right, and to be fair, he absolutely buried it. The next one. The next one. Yeah. So, the, But that being said, the, the quarterbacks affected by the wind – Yet I thought they were sharp all day, going both directions, into the wind, against the wind. And Eason, like I said, he threw a couple just strikes down the sidelines yeah. to, to Fuller and also to Trey Lowe. And both of them, I mean, breadbasket catches just dropped. Mm-hmm. And so for Fuller to come back and, and sell out and make that diving catch was impressive because he, he did come back and he made the play he needed to make. Final thoughts, Scott Eklund, day two. Day two, you know, um, we kind of talked about it as the theme. I I am just really impressed with how the offense has come out and really performed. Now, is that because the defense isn't up to snuff? Who knows? But uh, the offense is playing pretty well. They look much sharper than they have in the first couple days of any camp, whether it be spring or fall camp. So uh, very impressed with that. Um just like watching these athletes get out there and run around, it's kind of impressive to see. And, and I was talking to somebody on the sidelines, and they said this team is finally where it needs to be up front from a talent standpoint and a size standpoint. He goes, we look like a team is at our level is supposed to look up front. And it's taken us a while, but we're there now. And I think that's something that's been a goal, and, and it's been a goal on the recruiting front, but also from the strength and conditioning staff and all those different things. And uh, they're, they're, these athletes are very impressive. This is, this is one of the most athletic, biggest teams I've ever seen Washington come out with. Chris Fetters, final thoughts. Uh, I would just kind of echo some of those thoughts that Scott had in terms of I think the offense did a really good job. Talking to Bush Hamden after practice, he was very – uh, he felt very good about the fact that they've simplified things and that they're reacting well and they're executing well. Now, to be fair, we need to set it up and say that practice was set up today so it was going out towards the middle of the field, kind of starting drives as opposed to red zone, you know, close to the end zone where the 
you know, the field really tightens up and that gives the defense a lot more of an advantage in some, some aspects. So it was kind of set up a little bit for the offense to have some success and they took advantage of that. I do think that the defense made some great plays at the end. You talked about the Kyler Gordon mispick, but there were mm-hmm. opportunities there to make plays because they had kind of risen to the challenge and were like, yeah, we're not going to let the offense kind of take hold. But I will say, and I kind of stand by it, I think it's been a long time since we've seen the offense start the first two days of fall camp, this positive um, balls going down the field, you know, just plays being made. So I think in that way, it, it's been a very productive camp so far. Like I said, a little bit of a Groundhog's Day uh, deal in here where, you know, the camp pretty today looked pretty much like it did yesterday. Blue Angels flying over. Eagles did not scatter. Absolutely gorgeous day. Uh, and that's the thing I mentioned yesterday when you talked. in the parking situation. Yeah, but you mentioned, you know, just about how this team, you know, has the guys up front. And I said yesterday, this might be the biggest team that we've seen uh, in a long, long time. So um, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates, as well as breaking news alerts, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. For all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Go dogs.